You're listening to Rob and Slim Interviews with Rob. Sports, am I right? And Slim. What about politics? Internet Radio's finest. Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Rob and Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. I'm back, and I'm ready to put my foot inside someone's ass. That's how it's done. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim. Rob and Slim Show, we are back with Daniel from Wolf of Thorns. Hey, 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 how are you guys doing? Good, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good. Good, good. Uh, cold, wintry wonderland that is descended upon us. It's coming. I think uh, I don't know if it's uh, t- tomorrow morning or night. We're supposed to get uh, like eight inches, I think. Oh, yeah, we're totally not ready for that in Texas. One inch uh, is enough. That's where you guys are at. Oh my god, I saw a story last week. I don't know what you guys have had previously, but about like a hundred or a thousand car pileup because uh, <laughs> because of yes, winter. Yeah, that's a, that's a, to the northeast of me near Fort Worth. Yeah, very terrible. I couldn't believe the, the, the colossal amount of cards involved in it. And just, what is, what do you chalk that up to? I just instantly thought, like, they don't know how to deal with it down there. Yeah, we have no infrastructure at all to deal with this type of weather um, down here at all. I didn't so realize it, uh, it was down there, too. Like, I, I know, like, California is getting a lot of snow. Like, they usually don't get a ton, I don't think. But, you know, even where we are. Yeah, where we are, Daniel, it's like this little pocket by the uh, the ocean, and we usually don't get much snow. I don't think we've had snow in like three years, but we've had some oh, in the wow. past few weeks. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. tomorrow it's like supposedly a hundred percent chance, and it's like eight inches. We're getting like almost every other oh, day. God. It feels like at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's been nuts. It's been nuts. Are you guys ready? You got you got your toboggans and your sleds and all that kind of stuff ready to rock and roll, or are you just gonna <laughs> hunker down, hobbit like, and just ride it out? Ah, uh, yeah, I Hunker go out. down and ride it out is what I do. I go out. It's not really any difference. I grew up in North Jersey, though. Like, we got tons of snow all the time. Like, so it's not really anything crazy to me. But it's still, it's still, it's, I don't know. I still feel like a kid when it snows, though. I still get all excited. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then I have to, like, dig out the car. And I'm like, why do I love this shit? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But you're, you're, uh, it's a YouTube channel, right, Daniel? Wolf of Thorns? Yes, and you yes, do. Yes, Wolf of Thorn. You do video essays on on video games, which is super cool. Oh wow! Which I don't feel like it's something a lot of people are doing. Yeah, well, it, it, it's really uh, primarily centered around this game that I played last year that just blew me out of the water, uh, called The Last of Us Part Two. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. I love the original. I played and love the original. I have not gotten to the second one yet, though. Oh yeah, it's uh, wow. Uh, yeah, the original was definitely uh, kind of a game changer, pun intended. Uh, that was probably that was probably the moment that games really transcended film for me, like what they could do yes. with the experiencer of a story. Because even if you don't have choices, you're like this complicit passenger 
mm. you know, in the event because you're actually doing it, even rem- though it's not you. I remember just the... Film, that'll, that'll never happen. The intro of that movie just fucked me up so hard because I feel like you start as the daughter, doesn't she die in the original game? And, and then you, you, yeah. you continue as the dad. So yeah, I thought the daughter was going to be like the main character. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then like, I'm crying at the end of the intro because the daughter yeah. died. Yeah. But like, like you were mentioning, I didn't uh, check the second one out yet. I do have a PS4, which I only got not too long ago. So I've just gotten into some games and dude, some of the, there are some video games they put so much into. Like you say, they're, it's like being in a movie. It's so deep. Yeah, and the, I mean, the industry is, uh, the video game industry makes more money than the music and the film industry combined. Um, they're, they're much more expensive to make. These big AAA games, they take longer to make than films do, and they involve actors, you know, <laughs> giving it their all and yes. doing all kinds of crazy things. And they're really, I mean, I think the landscape of storytelling just keeps, you know, evolving with us as a species to give us the more deeper, deeper visceral experience. I mean, you go all the way back, pre-civilization, a tribe of us in the wilderness sitting around the fire telling stories, that's where it all begins. And this is like the most modern, the most visceral way of telling it. That's kind of the stuff that really turns me on, and that's the kind of stuff that I talk about on the channel. I love that. And I wanted to ask, too, uh, as far as your process goes for it, Daniel, because, like, I'm playing a game right now, and it's like, Oh my god, I forgot some of this stuff like that they bring up later in the game. Like at, when you go through a game, there's so much content. I feel like it's easy right. to like forget stuff and, and and as you go along, do you like when you do it, do you break it down by a section of game or do you play the whole game before you do your your videos? Uh yeah, so I definitely play the whole game before I start talking about the game for sure 100% and um I try to do a good job of recording all the footage. And oh, so uh, just so I can go back through, you're not necessarily going to use it all. You're definitely not going to use it all, but you kind of can go back through and kind of, even as you're reviewing footage, things will jump out to you where you're like, holy shit, that's what this meant, you know? So yes. it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. That's, that's really cool. Um, and you, you said that was the first game that really struck you though. It was uh, last of us two. Well, the last of us part one, you know, seven years ago was the one that really, kind of just opened my mind up to how uh, this medium's evolving and it's really transcending uh, the emotional journeys that film takes us on because we're complicit in what's happening. We're not just an observer, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but last year, yes, I started uh, just, you know, uh, I just started, hey, I just had some things to say after I, I played this game. There was no strategic, you know, idea to kind of found this YouTube channel. In fact, the YouTube channel had existed for a couple of years, but not as anything I was doing seriously. I would just kind of post a few things here and there. That's but cool. ever since uh, I played that game last summer, yeah, there's just been constant things to talk about, and it's uh, nice. been a lot of fun. And uh, the, the, talking about uh, uh, Last of Us, that's a PlayStation exclusive. Do you only play PlayStation, or do you play other consoles as well? Uh, I don't play other consoles just because the majority of, of my gaming has actually been on PC. I actually went to a pawn shop and bought a PS4 just to play Red Dead Redemption 2 when oh, it came out. I want to play that. And my choice of the console was because I knew that later on that's where The Last of Us would come out. Okay. So that's wow. kind of, that kind of like guided which, which one I would choose to get. I feel like their exclusives are, are just 
way better, mm-hmm. way better as far as the console goes, pound for pound on, on PlayStation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Death Stranding is one I'm revisiting right now, and I'm just I'm having a blast. It's kind of another one of those special things. It's just doing different things that video games don't typically do. So I'm all about that. It, so it, oh, I was going to say, if you're into stuff like that, I would recommend Control. I just heard about that game today. It's so interesting. What can you tell me about it without spoiling major things? It's weird. I can say it's it's very weird, but it's very interesting. And what what's the thing that's great about Control is the lore that's in the background. There's a lot of like tape recordings you can find, and like um, like things you can read and collect, and that's what really fills that game out. Like there's more told through things in the background than there is through the actual story, but it's still all really really interesting. I love stuff like that. That's that's always great. Nice. Nice. Um, what I was gonna ask too, I just I totally lost. So, but um, what? So that's what I was gonna ask. So Daniel, like when the games you pick to do your essays on, do you all pick them yourself, or do you have people that recommend them to you? Uh, well, um, I I have done a few polls where I'll have a few ideas of something that I might do, and I let you know uh, some of the, the subscribers choose which one I should do next. I've done that a couple of times, and. Um, I'll do some story pitches, not just essays, like, hey, if I was going to tell the next installment of this game, this is what I would do, and people seem to like that type of thing, so um, they chose another option like that for, like, a prequel game, so I, one of my recent videos is a, kind of a prequel pitch for The Last of Us that people seem to enjoy, so, um, yeah, I do do that a couple of times, just kind of throw a poll up and see what people want. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, cause I, I was going to ask, I didn't know if anyone ever recommended a game to you that you were, you started playing and you were just like, I can't do this piece of shit game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm trying to think, um, I mean, there's been a few games that have been really popular and they're not really the mm. same type of games because the genre is just so huge. It should probably start having, uh, different, different names for things. In fact, it's just kind of weird that we're still calling these epic stories video games because it's really not what they are anymore. It's like an interactive media, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, that game, Fall Guys, I think, is one that I know a lot of people were playing. It's not a narrative game, obviously, at all, if you guys know what it is. You're just like these cute little guys running around, uh, just kind of doing like an obstacle course. I tried to do that. It really wasn't for me, but I can see how it's a lot of fun to other people. But, man, I can't really think of a narrative story. I'm trying to think that I... I tried to play and just couldn't do. Couldn't get down. Um, yeah, you, you'll see some, though, that where you kind of get spoiled on some of the better storytelling. Uh, so when you go and play another one, it's not that it's bad, per se. Yes. It's just that it's kind of vanilla compared to yes. what <laughs> what you are accustomed to, yeah. you know. I, I was going to yeah. ask, too, has there ever been a game where you just took a, uh, you know, you rolled the dice on. You didn't know if it was going to be great, but it really, really took you by surprise at how good it was. Oh, man. I, I, man, I just really don't have an answer for that. I'm trying to think. Okay, I, I yeah, had I one years ago, and I just saw it in, like, the $20 bin back in PS3 days. It was near, and I grabbed it, and I fucking loved it. And I, I just played the... Um, awesome. The sequel they did not too long ago, and I know they're working on a third one at the moment. We're gonna say you something. Said it's something? called Meteor. Uh, I'm sorry, Near. I think it's N E I R. Near. Oh, Auto- I've heard of Automata? that game. I yeah. know nothing about it though. And then there's yeah, there's the sequel which was Near Automata, and they're working on a third one at the moment. And dude, they they're great. They're great games. Yeah, I may need to check that one out because I've been hearing a lot about it. There's just so many. I have this huge list on my Discord. <laughs> 
<laughs> of uh, games that people recommend that I'm like, okay, that uh, actually does look cool. And the, the list just keeps growing and growing. I'm like, I'm eventually going to get to these. So, <laughs> And uh, at the moment, I'm playing Persona 5. And oh my God, that thing is... I've never played any other Personas. Uh, one of my friends told me they haven't been made since like the PS2 era. But they just released PS uh, Persona 5 on the PS4. And it's it's super good. What kind of game is that one? Oh, man. You were, you're like this uh, Japanese high school student who has to... Um, change people by going into like an alternate reality and and like battling their alternate reality version of themselves and it's, it's just it's wild it's wow. a wild ride down a deep rabbit hole <laughs> that that sounds really cool actually yeah. it's really involved i was gonna say that i had one for what uh, rob just asked um I bought when it first came out, and I had heard nothing about it. I saw the cover, and I was like, it looks cool. I bought the first Mass Effect, and that was a game that I got hooked on and just loved. And they're rebooting it. It's coming out. Well, I don't know if it's a reboot, but they're remastering it. But that that was one of those that I was just blown away with how great that game was. Going back to that, though, I remember when I originally saw um, the Mass Effect 2 cover of the game, I just said, this looks like the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) It looks horrible. And then years ago, Slim, uh, years later, I'm sorry, Slim told me about it because I had met him and he and I, I played it and I was like, this is the best Burger game games. ever. The best game ever. Right on. So yeah, that's a definitely one. And the cover just looks so dumb. I like the cover of the first one. I just remember like, oh, this looks cool. It's sci-fi. It's like, you know. Oh. Uh, what was it about? You, you got to share with us. What was it about this cover that makes you think? Because I can't picture the I, Mass Effect Two cover. You have to share with us. Well, they had for, this dumb little shriveled alien in the corner, <laughs> and I'm like, "Is that supposed to be cool?" He looks like he looks like a, a, a slimy little turd. Like he just looks so dumb. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, see, so the, the, the Mass Effect 1 cover, I think, was just, like, a picture of Shepard or, like, a version mm. of Shepard holding a gun. Because he's but all right, okay. Yeah, and there was, like, cool stuff in the background, like a planet or something, and I was like, this looks like a really neat game, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, they definitely have some amazing world building. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. That was one of the games in the second one I did as much as I could. I did everything. I even mined planets for stupid ores and shit. I just, I wanted to get everything I could. Uh, right. What, what uh, what game are you currently playing, Daniel? If you could tell us. Well, I yeah, I'm currently uh, playing Death Stranding. This is mm. kind of my second playthrough, kind of my first. I played it right before the Last of Us Part Two came through. I got to where I think it's probably about seventy five percent of it. So I'm actually streaming it now on Twitch. But I just started from the beginning, and we're having uh, we're having a blast with it. Are you a uh, Metal Gear fan? I am not. I mean, okay. I played the original Metal Gears for the Nintendo when I was a little boy, and I <laughs> loved the hell out of that. And the last one I played was the Metal Gear Solid in, like, 1999. I remember bringing my newborn baby son home from the hospital and, like, having him there with me, and I'm playing, like, PlayStation 1. So, yeah, but that's the last one I played. Okay, gotcha. cool. Yeah, Death Stranding looks interesting. Um, I, I have it, but I haven't started it yet because I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I hear a lot of things like people say it's just like an Amazon uh, delivery uh, simulator. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I well. want to yeah. really play this game. What what can well, you say uh, about it that would make us want to play it? Well, so I would say this. When I hear people say walking simulator, it's an Amazon you know, delivery thing. To me, that's like a Saturday Night Live skit parody of this. Like, if you wanted to parody the game, oh. that's what you would say if you hated it on me. Um, I would say 
Uh, it's a really great to have games like this. It, it's kind of it's very unique world building. The underlying themes of it about unity and kind of like reuniting the shattered soul of mankind uh, with this kind of is this real? Is this all a dream? It's kind of sci-fi blending with metaphysical oh. spirituality um, and just some really chill gameplay. If you just want to find your Zen mode and be playing this game constructing highways across this, uh, by the way, this United States that doesn't look like the United States. It looks like all volcanic and stuff, but I think there's lore reasons for that. Um, you have these nice Zen chill moments where you're just vibing and playing, contrasted by this like powerful, dark, traumatic portions of the game that you have to play through that are kind of spooky and make your stress levels rise really high. Um, and just some really, really unique characters and lore. And everybody has a pretty kind of out, badass, outside-of-the-box storyline around them. So it's pretty, you know, if you're into that, it's pretty cool. And they casted uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead, right? Oh, Isn't nice. that like the main character? Yes, Mr. Norman Reedus. Yes! Cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, I have a friend that, when he explained it to me, he just like, yeah, you deliver things. But the way he, ex- he did explain, because he's hooked on it, and the way he explained it sounds really cool. Really cool. Yeah, and, and to add on to that, I would say... There's a lot of cool strategizing with how am I going to access certain places where these people are kind of by themselves with these isolationists and you have all this different equipment and stuff that you get to. It's kind of like little brain teasers of how am I going to get here and there. And and, uh, and then you can just chill out and ride these long highways at supersonic fast speeds that you've constructed across this beautiful post-apocalyptic, you know, landscape it's just, it's like meditation in motion, man. Nice, oh. nice. I was going to ask too, Daniel, uh, having played the PS, or PS4 type games, do you have a next-gen console? Or do you just do I do not. I have not been able to get my hands on one of those uh, those high-demand uh, high items. Have you been, you've been trying? I mean... With all, with I have not been trying. I just assume I can't get my hands on one. I gotcha. You know, I've 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 looked at a few things and like, yeah, we're out of stock. So I'm just like, I'm not even going to try and fight that. I'm that way too. Chaos. Yeah. When you have it in stock, is when I buy it. I'm not going to like refresh. Slim was lucky enough to get a, yeah. a PS5, but I, the, it, I think the second or third attempt, like, and I have another friend too who, uh, when he originally tried to get it, the website he was going on just basically crashed. Like it was a mess. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you talk about Slim doing it three, trying to get one three or four times, I and mean, that's what I've heard my friends too. Like, wish me luck, I'm heading up there. I'm like, no, see, that's not for me. If I'm going to leave my yeah. Hobbit hole, I want the object waiting for me, like yes. a mission. I want to you know, I I know it's there. Something. Yeah, I had a friend too who actually went to a store at like 4:30 on a Black Friday and waited hours, and then was told they didn't have any. Like, so yeah, he, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's not for me. <laughs> not not for me at all. No, no. What other games have you played, Daniel? Uh, on the PS4, I'd like to recommend Dragon Quest Eleven. if you haven't played that. That's a really cool one. Wow, Eleven. So there's ten other ones I need to play first, huh? 
Yeah, <laughs> I've only played one other one though. It was back in PS2 days. It was do you know some was it yeah, 8 I, or I, Maybe I forget what number it was, but it was the one with the uh kid with the bandana and he's wearing yeah. like all yellow, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, no Dragon Quest 11 is is great. It, it's another one it, it blew my mind uh, playing it. Through. Dan, it's like uh like the Final Fantasy where you don't have to play every Final Fantasy game cuz each yeah. game is like a different okay, story one. or universe Anthology. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and the Spider-Man games, Please. both Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales were both both amazing. Okay, here's the thing. Let me tell you about Miles Morales. So I hadn't played the first one, but I was like, screw it. I really like Miles Morales. I'm going to buy the game. And it just kind of like showed me how much of an old man I am. Because like, I'm digging it. I'm vibing with how it kicks off, how it starts, but it's kind of like doing the tutorial stuff. And like, there's this thing right at the beginning where you got to like sling your webs grab this drum and like hurl it at rhino yeah. and you only have like three seconds to do this and i'm like what am i supposed to do here and then it's like you failed rhino got away please wait while we reload for 30 seconds and then like you, you wait for 30 seconds and then you got three seconds to see how sharp your mind is on these controls to get that rhino locked upside the head with the drum i couldn't do it oh, i was like man. what the hell man yeah no i i definitely had to restart that but I did it. I did it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't need no video game telling me I've been on this earth for more decades than I need to be. Know what I mean? Uh, that's great. I love that you mentioned that. I, I remember one time uh, I sat down with one of my sons to play Mario. And it was, I never played with him before, but he's like, Daddy, you're good at this. I'm like, yeah, I grew up playing this. Like, I, <laughs> right. I know how Mario goes. Yeah. It was just right, great. Right, right. <laughs> Oh. I beat a Jedi Fallen Order recently, and the uh, big final boss, no spoilers, but he force chokes you, and Is I it... didn't know what to do, and so I'm just standing there, and I'm like trying to press buttons, and I die, and it happened like three or four times until I realized there was like a thing glowing in the background that I just needed to use my force powers to hit him <laughs> with. <laughs> Was it Norman Reedus? Hey, was it, it was what, Norman Reedus. Wasn't that an amazing ending? Oh, that game was... Wasn't that amazing? That Oh, it, it blew my mind. I loved it. And that fight was just so great. And I yeah. liked that he was a badass and you could not win. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Wait, oh, well, okay. then, then I have a question. Knowing that you played that game, what, what color lightsaber did you go with? Uh, I think for... For him, I, I made uh, like a uh, like an orange blade or a golden blade, I think. Yeah, that's what so I did. One, I did yellow. Range. Yeah, I did I, the yellow lightsaber I went with for Cal. Yeah, for whatever reason, it just felt right for him, you yep. know? Yeah. I, I don't know why. Yeah, I felt the same but, way. Uh, like, nothing else worked. Like, I tried the blue, like the two different blue ones, and I was like, ah, just not working. The green is, that's Luke Skywalker is the green, and the yellow right. just, mm. the yellow fit him, it fit like matched kind of with his look and with the clothes he was wearing and everything. Right. Absolutely. Nice. Daniel, uh, is there a game that you're excited for uh, that's coming out? Uh, that's coming out? Man, I probably sound like the least like in-the-loop video game person. Uh, just my little old man hobbit over here. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, uh, there's so many that. things we don't know if they're making. Are they working on another Death Stranding? If they confirm it, I would be excited about that. If they confirm another The Last of Us you know, game coming out, um, I am kind of excited about that. There's some really strong rumors that are suggesting that Naughty Dog is about to announce this big kind of multiplayer project. It might have DLC uh, on it for The Last of Us. Um, but 
we know that Sony is not letting them announce anything because of the scarcity of the next-gen consoles. Wow. So they don't want them to make big, you know, big announcements for things that people can't go out and buy. Speaking of Naughty Dog, so have you played of... the, Un- the Uncharted games, Daniel? Those, I thought, were amazing. Yeah, the Uncharted games, I- I've played all of them. I'm in the middle of the fourth one. I need to go back and finish it. I would say those aren't necessarily my cup of tea just because it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike them. I've played them. I think the the protagonist, he's pretty funny and cool, but I think the whole kind of mood of the game, the whole kind of summer blockbuster over the top action probably isn't really something that speaks to me strongly. I, I like kind of a, grounded sense of realism i guess if that makes sense gotcha. but they were definitely a lot of fun and they, all yeah no I, they were they were some of my favorites I, I even liked uh there's a like a side game there's i think there's yeah there's the four main games and then afterwards they made uh I, I forget what it's called another one with um just a whole nother character it's cool it's really lost cool. legacy dlc yes lost legacy super cool yeah that's super that's cool. I'll be checking out that one after uh, I I finish my playthrough of four, but it, I I know two of the characters that are, that are in it, and I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Yes, it definitely was. It definitely was. I got to say real quick, having a PlayStation Five and my last PlayStation system was a PS Two. Between that, I had an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and then just PC gaming. So. What I seem to be looking forward to with the PlayStation 5 is just some remastering games. Like, anytime I hear, oh, this game is now 4K 60 frames, I, I'll i play it. Like, God of War, I haven't played yet, and they just made it 4K 60 frames, so I'm going to make my way to that. But I'm excited for all these games that were big on the PlayStation 4 that I haven't played yet that are getting these, like, next-gen upgrades. The God of War was good, too. Heck, the, yeah. The, the remake. I can't wait to play that one. That yeah. one's like near the top of my list. It's a really good one. It yeah, we had one. um one of the characters from that game we interviewed years ago. Right before he did that, uh, there's a character named Brock, and the voice actor who played him, his name is Robert Craighead, and we had him on, and it's just his character awesome. is great in it. Yeah, and when I some of my buddies at work were playing the game and they were telling me how much they loved him, I'd message him and he would be like, "Tell tell them I said thank you." It was just the, the coolest That's thing, cool. the coolest thing to to relate yeah. to somebody like. That the guy who voiced him said thank you for, for liking it or playing it. It's cool. Daniel, we have to wrap this up, but it's been a blast talking to you, man. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Slim, for having me on. Uh, you guys are great, and uh, it was great talking to you all. Absolutely. Thank Where you. can everybody find you? Uh, on YouTube, look for Wolf of Thorns. You can also reach me on the Twitter, at ThornsTM. And I've got a Twitch. If you look for Wolf of Thorns on Twitch, uh, you'll find me there where I, I typically stream every day. Lots of laughs, lots of fun, and lots of positive energy. We keep it we keep it high there. Nice. Nice, Daniel. Thank you, man. We will definitely, when this goes up, I will send you all the links to the show and all that. Awesome. You guys take care. You, you too. too. Robin Slim, Robin Slim Show, we are back with casting director and producer Jeremy Gordon. What's up? What's up, dude? You're in you're in LA, correct? Well, no, I mean I'm based in LA usually, but I ran away from COVID and I'm uh, hiding out in the Berkshires, Massachusetts, while LA is just crazy. Oh, are you originally from uh, Massachusetts? I'm sorry. Are you originally from Massachusetts? No, I'm from Brooklyn, but oh. my whole family lives here. Okay. So, uh, this is where I came to hang in the mountains and ski and be in the cold weather and cast remotely. Ah, nice. That's what I was going to say. Did everything like grind to a halt in LA from the, the pandemic? 
Yeah, we were casting a pilot back in last March 2020, and everything just, you know, as as everything did, shut down. Yeah. And I hung out in my one-bedroom apartment, not working from home, thinking, what am I doing here? Yeah. I need to be with my family. So I left last May, 2020 in May. Wow. I hopped on a flight, and I came here knowing it would be for quite a while. I feel like that's the right move to have made as well, though. Like, you don't want to be stuck alone in, in an apartment. Like, yeah, you want no, to be No, I'm in the middle family. of the mountains now. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> nice. Nice. And so that project that you had been working on, though, is it still um, slated to, to be done when, when the pandemic has... Uh, let up so we were brought back uh, we, the pilot was never finished obviously so we were brought back on to finish the pilot and it was immediately picked up the series and so now we are casting the series that pilot's done and we're into the series of it cool very cool and i was gonna ask too yeah as a casting director i know what a director does but as a casting director do you also pick the cast do you, are you in charge of that whole process so yeah it, it's a <laughs> it, it's a little hard to describe but I mean, obviously, we all know who the famous people are, and we can all get to the famous people. But really, what I think, for me, what makes casting directors special and different from each other are the other actors that we know. I mean, the, the, the Jennifer Addisons are the Jennifer Addisons, but how many other actors do we know that are not yet famous yes. that make the cast different? You know, you need the Hollywood types to get the movies or the projects funded. And then we color the cast with all the rest of the actors, uh, be it studio films or independent projects or digital projects or whatever they are. It's how creative we can be and the vast knowledge of worldly actors we know, not just those who live in the U.S. Nice, nice. And as far as landing a role goes, what, what is one of the most important things to keep in mind? I think one of the most important things to keep in mind is that it's you uh, as the individual, and it might sound trivial, but you're the only one who can do you in this role. You know, if we see 200 women for this lead role, let's say, they should all be different. The different interpretations of this role will change with each person. So I think that's what's really important is that we always want you to be you when you audition for a role. That's cool. So yeah, don't try to be what you think the character should be in your head. Just try to be it as you. Yeah, exactly. You don't you don't know really what the character is. Sometimes we don't even really know what the character is because the director hasn't even decided what the character really is. (laughs) Sure, there's we we all know something about it, but you can't try to be what you don't know to be. So just do you. Read the script. Do your work, and just be you. Nice. Have you ever seen somebody, too, where you're like, in your head, you know, just first impressions, you're like, this person is not gonna, not gonna, you know, catch it, but then blew you away. <laughs> oh, you're saying, so I didn't, when they first started the audition, I didn't think they'd be great, but they changed my mind? Yes. Yes. Sure. I can make a snap decision when they walk in the room or from the first take of the scene, but perhaps we give them some notes. Or they come back, you know, six months later and they're a totally different individual. Yeah, nice. absolutely. Cool. But more often than not, it sounds like you have the experience of like, oh, this person's going to suck and then they suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like to be proven wrong in that instance. But you do, I mean, I've been doing this for over 15 years. You yeah. do get a sense of if it's going to work yeah. or not. 
I mean, so most of the time, it's, well, it works for this role or this project. I, there are some times somebody will come in and you can just, you just know that this is not for them. Mm. There's too many things that are off about this person to be an actor. That is probably not going to work. <laughs> but that's not my position to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you could tell us either, though, Jeremy, but uh, what's like the most wild or craziest thing you've seen go down during an aud- audition? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Lots, well, I mean, there are inappropriate things that I probably shouldn't tell. Uh, there are some crazy stories. Um, I've had actors flip me off. I've had, uh, you know, actors bring unloaded but real guns into the scene <laughs> of the props. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Dildo. <laughs> I've had all sorts of crazy things happen in auditions. Did you ever have to say, this is not a nude scene, sir? This is not a nude scene. <laughs> go put well, your pants was on. A, a real life superhero film and and we told him to come in costume and he had a rather large thing inside of his spandex that he pulled out in the middle of the audition and didn't know what to do sometimes that's the only thing they understand is is what i i feel like you just have have also had directors do some crazy things uh i I had one director for a horror film he had an axe in the trunk of his car and he got all excited about this one actor, and he wanted to see this actor hold the axe and feel the weight of the axe so we could really get a sense of how this actor would use the axe. And I'm like, um, no, 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 no real axes in this audition that's acting. You'll have a fake axe on set. No one's getting killed in my audition room, please. <laughs> Give me the rubber prop axe. Yeah, no, no real hatchets. Yes. <laughs> We're using this. Oh man, that's wild. <laughs> oh, I saw you though, Jer- Jeremy. You worked in uh, Quarantine, the series, correct? Yeah. So uh, about two weeks after we were all shut down, and I had two weeks of actual downtime. Uh, Spencer Garrett, who is my producing partner, oh, I called me. He's great. And, uh, his friend Jerry Ying created and basically wrote this digital show based on a fictional soap opera where the actors were out of work because of quarantine. So long story short, we made a 25 episode IGTV series called Quarantine about quarantine and donated 100% of our funds to the SAG-AFTRA Foundation. That's amazing. I just, I just feel too, though, just you telling it in the, in that aspect, like, is it something that they had planned maybe, or did they just come up with it like that fast? Cause that's quick. No, it was not planned. Uh, it's, it's something that, that occurred to Jerry. I mean, some of the cast members were his friends that wow. he had bounced this idea off of. Yeah. But it started as one little, it was going to be a small YouTube thing, and it blossomed into, let's make it a real series. 25 episodes. We got all sorts of celebrity guest stars. Yes. Uh, and it was a scripted improv, so it, it really wasn't written. But we were all mm. home in our individual homes. Nobody left their homes. We never even met each other. Everyone was on their own Zooms at home, including the crew. Uh, so it was a pretty remarkable thing that we did. And we did it first, which was really what made me happy about this is yes. we shot and aired before anybody else did any kind of Zoom creative show before any of the, the, the network shows did their episodes on Zoom. Yeah, We hit the air 
pretty proud of that. That is, that's amazing. And uh, I didn't, I didn't know uh, Spencer had first hit you up because I was going to ask what it was like working with Spencer because he just seems like he'd be an amazing person to work with. Spencer's incredible. We've been uh, partners for a few years. We've done a few projects together, uh, but I've known him, of course, as an actor for many years, and he's just a phenomenal human being. Working with him is always a damn good time. That's cool. And how did it differ? Uh, Working on a series that was all on Zoom. How did it differ from working on a series where you guys were all in person? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, there's no playbook for shooting on Zoom. Like, no one had done it, so there was no to-do list. Or we, we literally were figuring it out as we went along. You know, we had actors who we cast as series regulars who we said, come on, do this project with us. You know, we knew them all somehow. We said, we're going to shoot until the quarantine is over. So it could be three weeks it could be two months we didn't know how long it would actually be so we were getting actors who would give us their time for an unknown period of time and we were trying to lessen their commitment each week so they were each shooting like i don't know two or three hours every week but us the crew the producers we were on the 14 16 hours a day figuring it all out i mean it, it was literally like shooting a network show with a writer's room you work just as many hours, but we're all in our homes and figuring it out. And, and just this problem happened, how are we going to work around that? Or this person's kid walked into the middle of the frame or the dog or whatever. So now there's another character. It was crazy. It was a great experience. It, was crazy. it sounds great. Like, yeah, just crazy and great. Like, it's just kind of like the Wild West, just like total new territory. That's what made it exciting, though. I think we, we all really bonded like we were a, a cast of a show. I and mean, we were a cast of a show, and nobody wanted it to end. Well, the producers wanted it to end, but the cast <laughs> wanted to keep going, <laughs> which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so cool. So cool to hear. And, uh, Jeremy, I want to ask, too, just somebody uh, starting out in acting, what advice would you give them? Starting out in acting. Well, <laughs> First of all, you're in this for the long haul. It, it is a marathon, not a race. A lot of actors have this misconception that, you know, I'm going to go to L.A. for, well, what used to be pilot season for a few months, and I'm going to see what happens. Or, you know, they don't realize how much of a commitment it really takes. And yeah. it takes 100% of your energy and your love, and you really have to want it. And you have to understand that when you're first starting out, you're going to have few successes or, or, or few steps moving forward in the typical sense, but everything you're doing is towards that larger goal. And it could take years. The actors move to LA and I think it takes a solid two years just to get the town and the business before actors start booking projects, getting agents, really making strides. And that's just what it takes. It takes a long time. Yeah, we, we've talked to guys. We've talked to guys that have told us even after being on a successful project, they still have to grind and it's still constant. Oh, yeah. Constant it's, work. It's very unforgiving. I have many actors, one friend in particular who was a series regular for multiple years on a show. He was the series lead, cut to two or three years afterwards, and he's a host of a restaurant because, you know, he, just because you get one show doesn't mean you're getting the next. And it, yes. it, you do. You always grind. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Did Jeremy, did you work on the Wolverine? I saw it, I think, briefly in your, yes. in your IMDb. Really? Oh. Wow. We did the first one, the very first one with James Mangold. That's cool. Was that Wolverine was the- Origins, that one? Uh, it was just the Wolverine. It was, uh, I don't even know how many years ago. Was that uh, the one with Gambit in it when they first used Gambit? I don't think so. So, hold on. Now you're gonna make me look this up on my own. Yeah, because there were a cut. Like I, I, I seen like bits and pieces of. It like, was all three. Twenty eighteen. I know. What's that? I think it was twenty eighteen when the Wolverine came out. Okay. No, nope. mine was way before twenty eighteen. Yeah, oh. I, that's what I mean. I feel like every okay. Wolverine movie was just called the Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> twenty thirteen. We're going back. Oh, twenty thirteen. Okay. So it was Wolverine Origins? Was that what it was called? It was called the Wolverine. Wolverine. Oh, it was just called the Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine Origins was after that. Gotcha. So the Wolverine was the one with Gambit and with uh, when Ryan Reynolds. That's the one Ryan Reynolds first was in Deadpool. Gotcha. Cool. Wow. Yeah, we were well before that. It was great. Well before that. To work on a superhero film, you know, I grew up reading the X-Men. So to work on something like the Wolverine... It's weird. You know, I'm still in my mind a little Jewish kid from Brooklyn. What am I doing working on a superhero movie? It's pretty cool. That is cool. Wow. So how did you go from Brooklyn to L.A.? Like, when did you first <laughs> make that make that leap? Well, I when I was a kid, I always wanted to be an actor. So I went to Syracuse and I studied acting. And I have a B.S. in acting, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, with a minor in psychology, which works well towards being a casting director. Um, but then I, I literally, from Syracuse, moved to Los Angeles, and I went off three auditions as an actor. And I said, no way, forget this, this is not what I want to do. Um, so I became a teacher nationally, right? There's your progression. I okay. got a master's in education, and I taught first grade and seventh grade because my family is full of teachers. And after seven years of teaching, someone gave me an opportunity to be a casting director for some low-budget, non-union indie horror film. And I leaped. And I said, sure, let me try this. And after two years of teaching full-time and casting on nights and weekends, I left teaching and went into casting and producing full-time. Cool, cool. Was it just like, I can't, I can't deal with these kids anymore? I, I got to do something else? <laughs> no, I loved my kids, but... You know, in my heart, I always wanted to be in the business, and having gone to school to study acting, having the chance to be a casting director, it then clicked and made sense why I was interested in acting wasn't to be an actor, but to do this. Mm-hmm. To be a casting director and producer, I can still talk to talk with the actors, and I understand that all, but I'm doing it from a different angle, from behind the camera, and it just made more sense to me. Very cool, very cool. Would you ever uh, consider uh, taking a role or, or no at this point? I mean, I, I'm like, I like to be the yes guy, sure. I mean, I've done little things here and there. Um, it's not something I'm, I'm setting out to do. Or I'd be like, I want to at least be a, a cameo in every movie I, I cast. Like, I'd be like Tarantino. Why not? I directed one of the episodes of Quarantine, so why not be in something too? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, like, as far as, um, as, as far as the pandemic goes, Jeremy, do you have any upcoming projects that you could tell us about? 
well, we're casting a project right now for Nickelodeon uh, that they haven't announced it yet. So okay. I shall not give too much away. No. Um, then I am also just starting to cast a feature film. Um, God, I don't know if they've announced this either. A lot of things are sort of secretive until they, they, they are announced, but I am doing a series. I am doing cool. uh, a feature film actively, and I have, I think, three or four features lined up for this year. Uh, nice. So it is busy. Uh, a lot of people are not busy during the pandemic, but I'm lucky to have these jobs and if we yes. keep going the way we are with vaccines and and, 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 and conquering this and I think it'll stay busy uh, so yeah I do have some projects lined up and, cool. and always staying busy in the sense of developing projects like Spencer Garrett and I have a project that we are developing right now it's not finance but it is a, an amazing heartwarming dramedy <laughs> nice Nice. Yeah. I was going to say, too, though, just going back, uh, mentioning Nick, like, I feel like um, animations would be something that would be uh, eas not easily, but still being done during the pandemic. Because as far as, like, you know, voice actors, they do their lines and send them in and then they all get they all get put together. So that would kind of be something <laughs> Probably that Probably easier. This is a world I don't know, don't know too much about. But, uh, you know, with yeah. technology, people are able to work from home or yeah. go into pretty safe ADR studios with that nobody else are in with you. So it, it is yeah, much safer than being on the set with a hundred people. Yeah. Uh, and you also, but, you know, you, some, some productions are doing it right. Yeah. Also you mentioning though, real quick, um, t mentioning something you were working on that has to be finance. How big of a project is that <laughs> to, to get a, a, uh, a movie or a show finance? Yeah. It's a beast. Uh, I always have a number of those unfinanced, but, fantastic script projects going at any particular time because they could go at any moment for any reason. You just need the right celebrity to attach themselves and then investors will, will give you the money. But it, it's of course not that easy and not many celebrities want to read scripts when there isn't an actual financial offer. So it, it really is a long road and it's a beast and it could take years and it's, calling it every favor and every connection to get to every known name celebrity, letting the agent <laughs> read the script and, and ha having the agent give that to their client, knowing there's no money yet. And it, it is a beast, but it, it happens. And thankfully, Spencer Garrett literally knows every human being alive on the planet. <laughs> oh, there's always some connection. Six degrees of Spencer Garrett. Man, he has never hit me up for anything. He's like that. He's never been like. Well, we're gonna have to. Face you. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have to at least hit me up once, and then I then I'll know I'm a successful person if Spencer Garrett does. <laughs> That's cool though. Oh, I know. Spencer Garrett has a lot of knowledge about Transformers and yes. what they would be like if they existed. <laughs> Spencer Garrett knows a lot about a lot. And yeah. Call him later. I I I I. I I, I know we're going Spencer Garrett, but uh, just like a few weeks ago, I finally watched, um, what was that Tarantino movie, Slim? Uh, 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 Once Upon a Time Once in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in yeah. Hollywood, where he did the scene because he told us he was in it, so I'm like, I gotta see it, and it was so good, so good. And just seeing him in that scene was amazing as well. But <laughs> well, he, He's got a great story about that that I'm sure he told you, but he didn't even know that he was in that opening scene such as it was until he ran into Leah DiCaprio 
standing in line somewhere, and Leo told him, "Dude, you're you're in the you are in the opening of this movie." So he did cool. not, he did not <laughs> tell us, but I will have to I will have to have him tell us that story next time we talk to him. That's a great that's, story. That's awesome. That's awesome, Jeremy. I, I had a question as far as casting goes. Was has there ever been a situation where two actors or actresses were very very close? For the part and like what did you do to decide on one like do you just flip a coin at that point like yeah that happens that happens you know that, that's definitely not a rare thing uh there are a lot of actors and they get to that final stage but depending on the project we have chemistry so it it could come down to how that actress in this situation what their chemistry was with the other lead actor or actress and, and you know sort of based on what do they look like in this puzzle of the ensemble cast? You know, it is not just, even if you have leads, how, how does everyone look together? Are they the right age? They will look realistic together. Um, I have had that situation where it came down to their social media following and not because that's not what the casting directors required, but the studios were interested in their social media following. Um, it could be a million reasons, but it's never the flip of a coin. There's always a deciding factor. A deciding factor. Wow. The director will always make a decision at some point. And, and then do you ever pity cast someone where you're just like, uh, well, I got this one role, I guess. Or like the dad's got a lot of money. Like we, we, need, his, we need his backing. So Slim, yeah, you could have a role. I'll just say that actors are cast in Hollywood for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> it's it's yeah a wide variety <laughs> i would love to say it's always about the best actor for the job yeah not always not always you know you know life is real yeah <laughs> it definitely is definitely is. oh that's great oh man jeremy thank you so much for talking to us dude it's been a blast yeah it goes by so quickly you guys are a riot Ah, thank you, thank you. It, it, it always does. It always goes quick. Um, and it's surprising how fast it goes. Um, where can everybody find you? I am mostly on Instagram. It's at Jeremy Gordon. That's mostly where I spend my time. I'm at, on Twitter. It's at Jeremy Cast, plural. Cool. Uh, and for actors who are looking to get advice, I run a group on Facebook called Casting Directors for Actors. It's F-O-R, for not the number four, casting directors, F-O-R, actors. One more time, casting directors for actors on Facebook. There's about 115,000 industry people all giving each other advice and promoting themselves, and there's casting calls and networking. Uh, so I'm not necessarily on there as much, but it's a great resource, free resource for actors, but I'm on Instagram. Cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeremy. When uh, everything goes up, I'll send you the links to the shows and, and the interviews. That sounds great. Cool, man. Thank you. Hopefully we'll do have the chance to do this again at some point. Yeah, anytime. Give me a call. It sounds great. Awesome, man. Right, have a good, have a good one. one. Cool. We'll be back in a few. What are you drinking there, Slim? Uh, dirty Martini. Don't give any to the board. Robin Slim wins. Show! What's up? What's what up, is dude? going on? Brandon <laughs> Sanders. How y'all doing tonight? Good, good. How are you, my friend? Musician, singer, songwriter from Georgia. Yes, sir. Cool, cool. How long have you been doing that for? Oh, man, I've been doing it since I was a little kid. So uh, probably 14, started like really getting into it, songwriting, and 
Uh, I've just been doing it ever since, man. So still doing it now just for fun and to keep me sane, you know. <laughs> what was uh, the first instrument you picked up? Uh, guitar, for sure. Okay. Well, well, guitar, <clears throat> but uh, I did I did start in the uh, high school band on percussion, actually. How uh, that's that's interesting. As far as uh, being a musician, how in, how important is uh, re like being able to read music to that? Um, I'm not really sure because I, I I don't read it very fluently, so I can read, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, drum uh, music, and that's about it. So, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So I've taught everything uh, myself, you know, off of actually guitar tabs when I was 14. Uh, so it was kind of easy to learn. You know, the first song I ever learned was Glycerine by Bush. Nice. Uh, you know, it kind of went from there. So uh, and then ever since I kind of fell in love with writing and uh, used to write poetry. So that those two worlds kind of collided after I started playing guitar. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was going to ask because I remember I took um, lessons in guitar when I was in high school and I learned how to read music and it just seemed like way too much work like there's oh, tablature. Yeah, right. there's tablature and right. I, I i don't know how much i need these lessons <laughs> oh yeah it's like i just i just want to play the guitar that's all i want to do <laughs> <laughs> and I, I i don't even remember now like i sold my guitar I was, it's gotten me nowhere in life brandon i've done <laughs> i've done nothing with my musical talents if you call them that <laughs> that that's all right i did the same thing but i did just like do tablature and i think i uh I mastered a um uh what is that band? I don't know the I, I don't even know anymore. But it was like a three chord song. Uh where is my baby? Who's that band? Where oh where has my baby gone? I can't remember their fucking name, but that's all I ever learned and then Box I stopped car. playing guitar. Oh, yeah. you... oh, you mean the wonders? No no no, uh, excuse me, Pearl Jam did Pearl the Jam. The time. Oh, I mastered the Pearl Jam you, cover you, that was like yeah. three chords. <laughs> oh, no, and then yeah. I never no, learned really, anything else. <laughs> it was right good. On. It was good when they did. I I, I, I used to and I used to get drunk and <laughs> sing it at parties and play it with my acoustic guitar. Oh man. It's cool. <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> i think back in high school that's pretty much like the the best thing about playing guitar was like playing it at a party and like getting the recognition yeah. everybody's playing singing along you know to a campfire and <laughs> as you get older it just becomes a piece of wood sitting in the corner of your room <laughs> <laughs> when did you first uh get to the point though brandon where you were playing clubs or bars um, well, I, I got started kind of early on. Uh, I did acting in, in high school, so naturally I didn't really have anything that was stopping me from getting on stage in front of people. Uh, so we started young. Um, I think I played Bremen Town Festival, which is my hometown, Bremen, Georgia, uh, when I was around 15 or 16. And uh, back then I was doing screamo and uh, emo music, so we ended up doing a Marshall Cuffer Tucker, and uh, it was a screamo version of "Can't You See." <laughs> we didn't ask to get back, uh, come back the next year, of course. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's great. And I was going to ask too, what are some of your biggest influences? Influences doing music because I don't know. I, I get a '90s vibe from you vocally. Oh, oh, for sure, man. Uh, uh, you know, when it comes to old school, the 90s, I'm, uh, I'm stuck at for sure. And uh, Eddie Vedder, Vedder with Pearl Jam, of course, was a big influence growing up and listening to him and, and his vocals and, uh, you know, getting stuck in, in the scene of the old school music. I think Green Day, Three Six Mafia, uh, uh, the old school Blink-182 albums, Dookie, uh, Green Day album, uh, all those were like, you know, some of the first kind of 
albums to introduce that style of music other than listen to like uh, FM and AM radio growing up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, all the goldens are like instilled into me and I start playing them later on in life, but uh, I definitely have just went through a variety of music in my lifetime. It's funny you guys mentioned in, uh, Pearl Jam. I hated Pearl Jam. Even I was in high school when, when, oh, man, when it first huge. came out. I hated it. I love Nirvana and, and uh, a couple other bands, but I never liked... Um, Pearl Jam until later. I th- it was way later, way yeah. later in, in their career that I was like, okay, yeah, no, they're they're pretty awesome. Like, and then I went back and I'm like, yeah, no, they're not they're not as bad as I thought. Yeah, yeah, I got stuck on their live albums when I was young, and yeah. that's really what got me into them. And then, uh, uh, of course, that kind of evolved into uh, into like the emo kind of stage. And yes, uh, you know, of course, new influences came from there as well. What is there at the moment, though? I feel like there's nothing, though. Like, since you, you mentioned, like, Blink and all that, I, I feel like even that kind of stuff is gone right now. Like, You know, it's it's a definitely a weird time in the music industry, and I I'm, can't really speak uh, for the music industry, being that I've just, like, always just kind of played my original music and uh, used to do some, like, small touring back in high school. But other than that, uh, I have a different 9-to-5 that I make my money for. But, yeah, as far as the music goes, it's it's a weird time. I think there's a lot of people who are writing uh, to heal people and, and, you know, to let out some emotion and expression. I know there was a uh, talk of a lot of suicides, you know, uh, in the music world. And uh, those people aren't having the ability to give that release like they usually would. Um, you know, and, and, uh, or like the feedback from people that just kind of keep some, some people mentally happily, uh, happy or financially happy, of course. So, uh, yeah, it's been a tough time, but, um, uh, right now, you know, it really seems like the rap industry and, and country of course is taking its own, own way. I feel like the sad country songs are kind of like really burning up hot right now. <laughs> I, is, is there anything besides sad and country? I feel like it's all sad. <laughs> That, yeah, I think I think if you're talking about real country, yeah, I think it's about the same. Yes. I feel like country's always been a little protected, but like you're saying, like everything's gone kind of pop and all that. But you yeah. saying though that you just do it for your own, I feel like that's the best, the, the right way to do music. Like that's that's yeah, the only um, way to do it. You, you know, I, I guess that that's been my you know uh, all of my bandmates kind of had kids, kind of went on their own way and. Uh, I play with another gentleman, uh, of course, his name is T.C. Ray. We've played since high school. We played in a punk band. I played in an emo band. Uh, and, and we've managed to stay together and, and play in all these times. But, but yeah, we, we both have our own jobs and, and lives. So uh, for us to keep doing this, this is all about us staying san- sane, uh, just <laughs> loving uh, to write. And uh, I guess me doing uh, my recent uh, releases is just kind of knowing that I still can do it. Uh, and, and getting my music out there to people where I might not have ever done that before in, in a scale that I'm trying to do it now. Nice, nice. And we first connected a few months ago on Facebook, and what was that song you sent me? Um, oh, I, I Slip Away. Yes, dude, that song was so good. Like, when I when you yeah. first sent it to me, I'm like, oh, my, I was way more impressed than I expected to be. <laughs> so and, good. And I've got a... Uh, a lot of thanks to give to uh, actually from uh, some New Jersey boys up there, uh, Ace and uh, Nick uh, over at the former uh, the Lumberyard. Uh, I took those songs up there. It's the first time me recording with Ace Enders and Nick Brusesi, and uh, uh, ended up being fantastic, man. I, I, I couldn't have been happier with how it came out, and it kind of started me writing still, trying to put more songs out there, and uh, it's led to these uh, three new songs about to be released, and then I got. 
Uh, three more after that that will be released hopefully all this year. Nice. Uh, where where did where in Jersey was that, and how did you connect with those guys? So uh, it's Hamilton, New Jersey. Uh, um, Ace okay. Enders, of course, he's from the early November, and uh, he was actually a big influence of mine um, starting out. I think I started out with bands like The Starting Line, Bright Eyes, Dashboard Confessional, uh, Saves the Day, you know, uh, early November, all those, all those bands back in the day in the emo kind of indie world when I got started on that. Uh, you know, they, they had a contest where they were picking a music video, and uh, I entered the contest. I'd end up not winning, but uh, started a connection with Nick at the time and uh, just decided to take some songs up there and give it a chance, you know, drive uh, all the way from Georgia to Jersey. But uh, <laughs> for who these yeah. guys were and, and uh, you know, uh, me already following their career and, you know, knowing their music, it was kind of easier to make that decision and uh, definitely glad I, that I did it for sure. Cool. Yeah, because, yeah, th- just you mentioning that, like, yeah, that's not something to be taken lightly, like, just as far as, you know, a, a nine-to-five worker. It, oh yeah it's, oh it's, yeah it's hard <laughs> it, yeah it's a lot it's a lot to uh do that kind of thing and then to do that kind of thing and travel for it like yeah, that's yeah that's it, 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 it had to find a whole lot of soul searching and so you know me doing these trips and, and making this music it, it didn't it couldn't be about money or anything like that it had to be all about the music and myself and uh it definitely made it all worth it so uh, i definitely wouldn't take back you know any of the trips and getting this music out there so and then also just becoming friends with ace and nick and uh, uh being able to play with them uh definitely thankful in that fact uh, as it is that's cool that's super cool and uh, as far as that goes brandon like you coming up here to record uh some tracks um when you're down there do you have your own studio or do you do you have a place like that to, to record so so I have my own place. Uh, so, you know, just kind of my own studio and, um, um, I've done my own stuff. I've actually got it on my, uh, on Spotify. There's a, a song called the road to reason. Um, there's some older songs, uh, on there that are, um, bluegrassy kind of feel. I did all those songs, uh, my, my own studio with TC Ray. Cool. And, uh, uh I, I probably expect to be putting out some more music myself and, and uh, definitely, hopefully, collabing with more people uh, going forward, especially uh, with the guys from Jersey and, and uh, uh, kind of seeing what's going to be there for the future. And uh, it's a weird time, though. Uh, I went to New Jersey and started this in January. And then as soon as I got out, get ready to release release these songs, the whole world changed. Yeah. You know, it was just, it, I think it was uh, February when everything, like, yep. just yeah. shut down. Just shut yeah, down. Just done, you know. And so, like, even, like, I, I prepared – uh, live show to release those songs where I hadn't played a show like that in for years and got the boys all back together. We started oh. practicing and then, you know, it cut off and haven't been able, of course, to play that show since. So I'm it definitely was, eager at that. It was a weird time, too. I even remember oh. just even working in, I work in retail in my regular job and just nobody knew how mm. what we were supposed to do at the beginning. We were, uh-huh. It was so, so confusing. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh, the thing yeah, that stands out. To me, it was just hearing in January people starting to get nervous about it, and they're like, COVID, and I was just like, ah, oh, whatever, that doesn't matter, that's not going to do I, I anything. I thought of, like, bird flu, it's going to Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. It's, it's going like, to be over soon. No, and then suddenly they're like, nope, it's here, it's big, and you got to wear a mask for the rest of your life. Yeah, like, oh, okay. we're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like I should be used to wearing a mask. Now I'm like, where's my that's mask? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh. 
it was a weird time. So like, yeah. uh, even with just what I was, uh, trying to do with like my own work and stuff. And, uh, uh, so I, I catch animals for my nine to five on a company where I, I do wildlife that. It's, it's Sanders wildlife. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There you cool. Go. I, how did you get into that? Like that, that's so, mind blowing. Uh, to me. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole different story too. Uh, uh, that, that actually is from my father. Uh, uh, he really got me into it. Uh, he, he, he was doing this of course. Uh, got me into it. I left college, ended up starting working with him. And uh, long story short, short, I ended up starting my own company about uh, close to four years ago and been doing really well. We've like done some really cool things, projects. I've got a uh, YouTube page out there as well. I saw that. Um, um, yeah, with uh, some like of our rescues and fact wildlife fact videos to kind of explain more what we do there. Brandon, before we talk more about that, would you be able to play us something live? Yeah, yeah, I got a little setup here. I don't know how the sound's gonna be. I've got a little of a, uh, of a mic that I pulled out, so we'll see, you know, kind of how it sounds. But yeah, I'm ready to go. Cool, man. Yes, right. I'll mute the mics and uh, you can take it away. All right, sounds good. This is Fallen Grace.
fucking awesome, dude. <sighs> fucking cool. Super cool. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Very you. Uh, what was one of your biggest influences make writing that song? <clears throat> so, uh, you know, kind of went through through some my own times, just like everybody did, of course, during the COVID transitions and uh, emotions flaring in households and things like that. So uh, kind of went through a change in my life. And uh, uh, at the time, you know, I'd really felt um, just overcome, I think, with emotion and uh, almost felt so much as at any moment I could make a mistake that would ruin my life or I would go down the wrong path that, you know, wouldn't be the right choice. And uh, I was kind of faced with a lot of ultimatums during that that moment. So uh, uh, that song was kind of based off of that. Uh, as I've released the song online, I've kind of set it up to, uh, um, you know, this song is, is an example of everybody goes through dark times. Uh, and there's always a bright light around the corner. And, and so our next song is released on February 22nd. And uh, uh, that song, I cannot pronounce the name of it quite yet. <laughs> but it's a French translation of The Light. Cool. Ferve is the uh, the name of the second song. Cool, cool. And going back to, to uh, we were talking earlier about the wildlife stuff. I saw a video, and I hate him. I ran screaming like a girl. How do you deal with bats? How do you deal? <laughs> how do you deal with bats, Brandon? Because they are not. Uh, they're not. They're not. You just normal. dress like a bat, Rob, and then you're good. They're. They're. they're, they're <laughs> fight crime. <laughs> and then, and <laughs> well, uh, evil. Uh, there's. There's. Uh, you know. Th- first of all, my job can be very difficult. You've kind of like. You can't be scared of very much, but I w- when it comes to bats, yeah, bats carry diseases. They can carry rabies, uh, but they're, of course, amazing for the ecosystem. So uh, uh, we need them. They're also usually uh, – they are state and federally protected. Uh, um, and so, we, you know, we follow guidelines issued by the DNR, which is who issues my license uh, that we have to follow. And so uh, uh, typically whenever there's bats in an attic, uh, something like that, we have to install a device that allows those bats to leave on their own. Then we come back and we seal those holes. Wow. So in, in that way, we don't really have a lot of contact with the bats now. They do come in people's houses. Oh. We've had plenty, you know, we've had to go and, and catch or remove from a couch or something like that, chimney. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then I've had instances where I think, uh, I guess a crazy story of me remembering young in my career doing this. is in an attic and we uh, had a light. It was plugged up and it was going to an outlet. Uh, below the crawl door well someone closed the crawl door and the light went out and when it did the bat started flying around my head and i could just remember sitting there and like praying like someone please open the door please open the door and he just <laughs> you know so uh, uh the job could put you in some pretty crazy situations and so like uh i've learned the art of patience and, and things like that doing this see like my my whole stance on that is i run in the bathroom and close the door, and I scream. <laughs> I scream until my parents get the bat out of the house. <laughs> I would would that work? Like, would you hire me? <laughs> well, I mean, you do have a good strategy of getting the bat out. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You'd be surprised. There's uh, there's some people who are definitely capable that you wouldn't think so. I think uh, <sighs> one time I got a, a copperhead out from underneath the lady's crawl space, pulled it out. This lady was about 85 years old. I did not know this was gonna happen, but she pulled out a 45 from her back pocket. <laughs> Says, throw that snake on the ground and just unleashed about four bullets inside of a city oh, limit. No. And, uh, I, I, I'm like, man, you've got it. I, 
you're good. <laughs> she like, hired you <laughs> just to get you the snake so she could shoot it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually, uh, you know, it's illegal to kill a non-venomous. This was a copperhead. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I don't, uh, I definitely don't want people to kill him. But in this yeah. instance, I was not stopping this lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got a gun. No, like, it's you or the snake. At that's that what point. I was going to say. <laughs> she was going to shoot something. <laughs> exactly. What, so so <laughs> what is the normal procedure you you do at wildlife? Do you just like let it out where it belongs? Do you guys like? So know? we we're uh, we're humane company. Uh, we operate as humane as we can, and so yes, we try to let the animals be there as much as possible. And so like for uh, instance, like if you have raccoons with babies in the attic. We will uh, uh, use different techniques to make sure that mama will actually get the babies out on her own. Oh, uh, they, they leave alo- they leave that house now alone. We seal off the holes. We put cameras up, kind of monitor it, but we seal off the holes and then offer a warranty to those customers. Um, cool. um, and that's kind of like the gist of our business. And so, uh, but we we do that humanely. Yes. The state laws, if we were to catch that raccoon, we would have to put it down. That that's what the laws wow. are. And, wow. And so we. Kind of find the ways around those things. Found the loopholes to be more humane. That's, That's awesome. That's great. I love you. So you're that. not the people we call to just kill the animals in my house, yeah. like you. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so, that wouldn't be me. I'd be like, uh, I, I, "That's not. I'm not your guy." Cool. <laughs> what, what's one of the craziest animals you've been called for? You mentioned copperheads, and I mentioned bats. What's one of the? Uh, well. I get different instances all the time, man. Actually, I'm pulled up my phone. I don't know if I if you'll be able to see this. But I deal with all sorts of animals. So the other, other day, I get a call, and a fox had its paw stuck in a tree. And it, uh, the craziest thing ever. And so I had to go and get that, get his paw out. But here's a picture of it, if you can see it. I don't know. No, I don't for, think for we whatever see reason, you, like I hit video, and I can see us, but I can't see you. I see oh, just a uh, same, same on my end. Let's see. Really, that's interesting. Skype is. Yeah, it's just Skype. Skype, being, is, Skype. Is being Skype, yeah. Yeah, like it makes no sense. Like, I'm like, why? It works certain ways, sometimes it doesn't. Oh, wait. Oh, no, oh. I see you. Wow. Oh, my God. That is so cute, though. Like, I just want to go get that fox oh. out of that tree. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, in that instance, you know, we did. I uh, usually do a lot of rescues, not for a lot of money or for free. And... Oh, you're, you're cutting out. Oh no, Slim! What did you? Do? I didn't do anything. I know <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm taking out on you. What is going on? Oh. What is all this? Cancel, Brandon. Brandon. God damn it! It totally no froze oh, up. Well, I'm gonna hang up and call him back because he still yeah. has to get his plugs in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Hold on. I don't know why. No. That's awesome. it's, it's, it's totally Skype, and we're backwards. We are backwards, yeah. No. Oh, no. Brandon. Brandon. Oh, we lost you. My my uh, internet went out here at the house, I think. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, that's, well, that's we gotta, something that can We got to wrap it up anyway. Um... So definitely uh, get all your plugs in before we let you go, and then when we have you on next okay. time, we'll I'll uh, tell you sooner that I don't see you, and we'll get that sorted. Uh, yeah, hey, that sounds great. So uh, uh, you know you uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, releasing music. I've just released a song called Fallen Grace, uh, and you can find that at facebook.com backslash Brandon Sanders Music. 
um, all one word. Uh, same with my uh, Sanders Wildlife, facebook.com backslash Sanders Wildlife, all one word. Um, you can also find uh, my music on Spotify. Uh, easy way to find, um, I guess, my YouTube is if you type in Brandon Sanders Slip Away uh, music video, you can find a video that I did and released for that Slip Away song, actually, um, of me traveling to different um, state parks. Uh, so there's a bunch of footage from that. Cool. Um, and then as well as my YouTube, uh, that's probably uh, what I work on the most here recently. Uh, and that's YouTube.com backslash Sanders Wildlife. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much, dude, for talking to us. It's been a blast. Thank you, guys. Right, had, have, had a blast, man. Thanks you for too. having me. Cool, man. No problem. We will definitely be talking Ooh. soon. And right. we'll be going on break, and we'll be back with Chewbacca with himself. Peter Mayhead Chewbacca. <laughs> A.K.A. Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that your Chewbacca noise? That was my Chewbacca. Peter, he's not calling now he's that we, we've been calling him Chewbacca. Call he's him like, Chewy. nope, I changed my mind. I'm calling you guys. <laughs> that guy's dead, right? Not our Peter. Yeah, but... not, not a real Chewbacca. <laughs> not our Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> where are you at? Where are you at, Pete? Oh, dude, who do I call? He said, uh, oh. 609-891-8896. Correct. 891-8896. All right. I didn't type that. I typed it, but it didn't go in. What the fuck? 609-891-8896. Yep. Good? Yeah, I All typed right. it and he read it and things He's are going to happen. He's going to be dialing. Hopefully. <laughs> Is that your other Tupac? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob and Slim Show. Hey, I'm old, but I'm slow. That's all right. <laughs> I'm young and I'm... Kind of you slow. guys are there ragging on me, and I'm going, I just don't want to fucking <laughs> damn it. <laughs> All right, do, it, do, do your best Chewbacca do for us. Chewbacca, just... <laughs> Peter. That's <laughs> ah, better than props. Way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> years of practice, dude. Years of practice. <laughs> if you take enough drugs and you wake up late for work, that's the first sound you make. <laughs> that is. That is. God damn, Peter! It's been a minute. It's been a minute. You've been one of our, one of our first guests, and we've always had a blast talking to you. Year one, Peter is year one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was there at the very beginning, at the inception. Yes. At when you crawled from the slime, I was there to watch you. Yeah, we're make still landfall. We're, Are you like surprised that we're still doing this? Still clawing. No, 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 I'm not surprised because, first of all, what else would you do with your time? <laughs> right. And, sec and, then, and then secondly, um, no, because I think you guys are a couple of really persistent guys and you're going to stay at it till you figure it out. That's a, that's a great that's a great thing to hear. Yeah. Have you been yeah, I'm here to motivate you and your audience today? Throw yeah, off your shackles. Awesome. Go for your dreams. Yeah, follow Just know your that dreams. there's a corporate entity out there willing to crush it out of you. But yeah. until you get there, yeah. go for it. And there's nobody willing to back you at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know what it Probably. is, though? I was just having this conversation with somebody. You know, there's in, – in, 
I'm going to date myself because I don't know who the hot guitarist is now, but there are a million guitar players that when I was coming up are better than were better than Eddie Van Halen or any of, or Joe Satter or any of these guys, right? Mm. But it's 20% talent, it's 40% opportunity, and it's 40% luck. Yeah, and you could be the most talented fucker ever. Yeah. And if you don't have luck, it's not happening for you. Exactly. Like, like we got to the point where, like, at first we were like, well, yeah, we're going to make something of ourselves. And then it became like, we're no, we're, we have fun. We're going to do this for fun. You're like, just going to keep doing it. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know what, though, is the longer you keep doing it, if it's genuine and authentic, you will find that following and it will happen. The thing about it is, it's like, here's the thing. Every single overnight success, if you dig into them, they've been at it six years, eight oh, yeah. years, 10 yeah. years, 12 yeah. years. They yep. just Absolutely. don't have enough sense or self-respect to stop. So they just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robinson. So, sure. yeah. So you just told us we're going to make a big one. Yeah. Day. Thanks, Pete. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's right. Maybe. You get rich or die trying. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. You just got to hang in there. And yeah, you know, it's at the end of the day, I mean, what else are you going to do with your time? I mean, it's like you're not a loser till you stop. How does that work, though, in uh, being an entrepreneur, Peter? Like, the, does it, is it the same? Like, did you have to try for 15, 10, 15 years before you finally made Dude, it? I have made every single mistake you can make. Mm. I have done every bad decision you can make. I've made every bad choice you can make. And so now... 18, 19 years later into it, here's the thing. There is no one success. I mean, you know, unless you're like, you know, uh, Dave Grohl and you fall into Nirvana or you're Beyonce or some shit, there is no one success that you turn it on and the volume stays at 10 forever. It's this cycle. It goes up and it goes down. So you'll have these successes. And the thing about it is if you're if you're listening to this and you're like starting a business or you want to start a business, the, the real trick of it is to not give up when you hit that bottom trough. Because I'm telling you, in 2008, 2009, and even around the time that we met you, we were going through some really rough times. And it cycles back. And then you'll have really good times. It's like right now, it's like we're in the middle of the pandemic. We're in the middle of all, a whole bunch of crap happening. Our book is better than it's been in eight years, nine wow. years. We're that's, making more money now than we've ever made that's in like the last ask. ten years. Wow! So, if anything, it's affected you positively. Well, yeah, because here's the thing: the smart money is getting ready for when this pandemic's over. So, people are getting in line to get money from banks. People are getting in line to get money from investors. People are getting in line to get money from venture firms. Oh, by the way, that tax cut, that big giant bloated gift to the richest people in the world, the tax cut that Trump did. There's a trillion dollars of money looking for a home in our economy. So if you've got an idea for something like a better mousetrap or something like that, you got a pretty good chance of getting funded actually right now. I have an idea. And it's, 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 um, like the visor in your car, but it's going to have TV shows on it. It's going to have the Robinson show coming through. <laughs> it's going to have the Robinson Because what bad could thing could happen if you're driving down the road watching your visor? Right? Nothing bad could happen to you. It's not like you'd hit anybody. No. It's going to be in the Vespas. It's going to be in those Teslas. It's the self-driving Robinson cars. Oh, the Vespa. I like that. You, I like it better. Vespa. It's going to be on the Vespas, right? So you're Only on Vespa scooters. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. So, yeah, so, like, uh, if, if if you ordered now, order before midnight, Robin Slim will throw in this free peyote to enhance your television viewing pleasure. 
that's oh free peyote. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, so anyway, I, it's been good. And I'm just saying that I hate to say that because I know a lot of people are, are really sucking wind right now. Only thing that I can say to mm. you is yeah. when things were obverse and all you guys had jobs and we were entrepreneurs in 2008, and 2009, 2010, 2011, and we were sucking wind and giving our the keys to our house back to the bank. Yeah. You guys were doing okay. So gotcha. it's this is like boy, this is gonna like really, really make me sound old, but there was a book written way back in the way back called Future Shock by a guy named Albert Alvin Toffler. And he predicted that the economy would do this, where sectors would collapse. The whole economy wouldn't collapse like the Great Depression. Parts of it would collapse. And that's exactly what's happening. Parts of this economy right now are booming. It's Dude, stupid. Yes. I mean, being yeah. a, a lowly retail worker, now I'm like essential God, like, because I put hot dogs. In. <laughs> just, I put hot dogs yeah, in a yeah, fridge. Yeah, you're essential God because you're willing to risk your life to sell somebody shit they don't need. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. yeah, it's wild. It's like, wow, now I'm, uh, I'm like an exec over here, huh? <laughs> yeah, and the whole problem I've got with that essential worker thing is I keep flashing back to Schindler's List when he's trying to get the kids out of Auschwitz. They are essential workers. Essential workers. <laughs> inside of artillery shells. I Do you know how to polish the artillery? They are essential workers. Every I time I hear that, I go, you. oh, my God, it's Schindler's List. <laughs> yes. Can't help it. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But it is, it's wild. It's wild, dude. Oh. You mentioned, though. That? What's that, dude? I said, who would have thought? I mean, right? we've got we've got people scaling the outside of the Capitol like monkeys trying to get in. It's just, who would have thought? You couldn't script this. This yeah. is like all of the Marvel films that we've watched for the last <laughs> decade and a half. We want that as a society. Yeah. We want to be, <laughs> right? yeah. be the Marvel movie. I feel like yeah. that showed like what his wall would have did. Like his, his wall would have they would have they would have jumped up it. They would they would have got in there. They would have got the laptop of Pelosi. They it, the wall would not have worked. The wall would not have worked. We <laughs> we need uh, Megadeth uh, copies like Ice oh, to Earth to, was, to raid yeah. the uh, Capitol. I, I don't even know, Peter. Ice to Earth is not a band anymore. I'd never heard of Ice to Earth. Before. <laughs> For tonight, but they were a band and they're not a band because the leader was a uh, an insurgent. <laughs> yeah, Peter, oh, this this sure. guy, yeah. Is so that the name of the band? What kind of music is that? Right, is that like uh, punk surf or something? I don't know, but the, all we know is that this the lead vocal or the the founder of Ice the Earth founder. raided raided the Capitol, and now his other band members are leaving the band. Like they didn't know this guy was a white supremacist. <laughs> <Yeah. whatever. laughs> yeah. You know what? Let me tell you, there's only one thing that's more intimate than being in a band, and that's having sex. If right. you're in a band you know. with three other guys or four other guys, you know all about who they're dating, what they like, what they like to eat, what their routines are, whether they had a good bowel movement that morning. You know everything about it. How could you be in a band with somebody and not know they're a, a white supremacist who's going to storm the Capitol? That's absurd. Not an Ice Earth, though. Ice Earth, they don't roll like that. Yeah. They, <laughs> That's right. You know, no, we don't ask, we don't tell. Yeah. You know, gay, white we don't want to know. Just come in, know your part. We'll go do the show. We'll yeah. split the we'll split the twenty five bucks. Split yep. even. Even though there's four of us, we'll split it evenly. Change. It'll be hard, but we'll do it. Oh yeah. shit. God damn though, God. Peter. Peter, what has happened? What has happened in politics in the last years? Like where 
Oh, I feel like I feel like that whole oh, party that is insane. The 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 voters, the 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 people they vote for, it's it's just it's bananas. Let me tell you something. If you have any if you have any people who watch conservative radio, they're going to be mad at you. But a moment of silence for Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> I saw it and I laughed and I laughed and I screamed. <laughs> oh my God. It's so, it's, it's just, it's like Trump not being on Twitter. Slim didn't know who he was. And I'm I just like, Alex well. Jones minus a little bit of Alex Jones. Like that's all he if, was. If, if Alex Jones, if Alex Jones had a brain in his head, yes. if he understood how to market and he had a sense of humor, he'd be Rush Limbaugh. Yes. Gotcha. Because politically, their positions they're they're right on top of each other politically. <laughs> yeah. Maybe literally. I don't know. Alex Jones, you know, he does have that male enhancement stuff he sells. You know, he might be out of control at this point. Doesn't he? Do, I feel like he did energy bars or something. Like he I, did that too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you need to, if hey, if you're going to storm the Capitol or just hang somebody from a tree, you need all the energy you can get. <laughs> Alex Jones, power bars. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. my God, Alex Jones. Wow. Oh. Yeah, Sandy Hook is a fake. Tell that to the parents. Kids didn't yeah. come home. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. And people believe that, and they follow that. And it was because Rush Limbaugh weaponized oh, that so nonsense. He, he was the, the one that started that rumor. One, yeah, one of the first that, yeah, it was just like, yeah, no, let's. Let's... Oh, he started. He started way back. He said, you know, you can't win. You guys are the minority party, and you have crazy ideas. And you're in the pocket. You're the tool of the rich. Yes. So you're not going to win. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton uh, eat babies to stay young. Yeah, dude. Now that's on its and on its face, it sounds absurd, but people believe that. How? That's what I want to know. How? How is that something people grasp onto? Be- is it just because well, that's the best way to paint out an enemy? Like, uh, I don't get it. I think it's a perfect storm of three things. One thing, it became cool to be stupid. Okay. And so, and so, and it became cool. I mean, you had a lot of people like, I mean, guys that I respect and love Bill Hicks, George Carlin, Russell Brand. These guys all said, don't vote. Why would you vote? That's a stupid exercise to vote. You know what? It's the only voice you have. If you don't vote, you're stupid, right? But you had all these people in power going, oh, it's not it's not chic to vote. So the people that watch humor and that are intelligent and like to have a laugh and stuff, they stop voting. Well, who were the people left to vote? The people who go, things have been taken from you. I mean, middle America, I'm sorry, has gotten a raw, raw deal so much so that we call them flyover country. We, we Even the way we talk about them is disrespectful. So they they have a real grievance. It's not BS. I mean, Trump didn't get elected for nothing. It's B, not BS. But you got people like Rush Limbaugh who got in front of them and said, your grievance is real, You sh- and you should take the power back. And by the way, uh, Hillary Clinton eats babies. And they're, they're so <clears throat> angry and so upset that they want to believe this thing. I mean, it's come on. It's like, why do people go to you know comic-con and they dress like their favorite anime character because they want to believe it's real and putting on those clothes makes it feel closer to actually being real right Uh. and i think i think that's i think that's what it is and and we live kind of in a fantasy world now i mean look at what's going on the internet people front they people have instagram lives it's like we we have 
we've had several Instagram influencers as clients. It's fucking hard work. Every picture they put up, they shoot a hundred to put up one. Wow. You know, right. To make their lives look better than yours. But I, I trust you having had these people as clients, their lives are just as miserable and shitty as you are. They just have lots of followers. I do a one and done, Peter. One and done. If it's not good enough by, by that one, I delete it. Dude, your raw talent could carry anything. You could literally take your balls and wipe the sweat off and sell that on eBay. I'm telling you. I'm writing that down right now. Ball sweat. <laughs> That's right. Write that down. That's gold right there. Just, you put it out on eBay, right? eBay. Cloth, Rob. <laughs> yes. Yes, I see a future. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it so much. Oh. So now how many of your friends, how many of, uh, do you know anybody that got caught in this GameStop crazy craziness? No, but I actually they, no, I do. Um a coworker of mine, his brother made $130,000 in that whole thing. And uh real quick, it's like because Slim's giving me a look like right, he doesn't like, know. I, I heard a um, little bit about it, but not it, enough. From what I got of it, Peter, it's like a, a failing business. And people just decide to like buy the stocks last minute. And yeah. that drives yep. up the cost. And then they sell it real quick just to make a lot of money. There was like a Reddit group was, that was fucking with yeah. them, right? Yeah. That's right. Roaring Kitty, a guy in New York or Pennsylvania decided to do this pyramid scheme where he bid up, he got these Redditors to bid up this stock and he sold them a line of good buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold. You know what? No, no, there is no buy and hold. Nobody buys and holds. You know who buys and holds? People with 401ks because they don't know what else they're doing. Okay. So this guy ran this price up to $400 and then quietly got his positions out. And I mean, it is cool that they they uh, they took that one uh, that one hedge fund for a billion dollars. That's pretty cool. It is cool, like what they did, but it also affected people's four hundred one k's. Is what I've gathered from it. Well, yeah, no, I mean, well, here's the thing. Let's be honest. Wall Street has nothing to do with the economy. To point at Wall Street and say Wall Street's doing good, therefore America's doing good, is like saying, hey, you know what? Um, Caesar's Palace is making money. Well, so what? Caesar's Palace makes money in a depression, okay? Yes. People want to gamble. It's a gambling casino. That's all it is. And and what yeah. these guys did was they exposed that nobody should really be in the stock market. <laughs> not if not if you really care about your money, you shouldn't be in the stock market. But where else are you going to go? Where yeah. else are you going to go to to turn your money over? I mean, banks are paying what like a percent? Wow. <laughs> yeah. that's exciting you know so it's the only game in town but you just have to understand what it is it's a casino where over time if you live long enough if you're 400 years old your money will be worth a lot more than it was when you put in if you're two years down the road your money could be gone yeah. right but if you stay in long enough yeah over time the market does increase just for the simple fact that people have sex and there's more people and the economy gets bigger that's the only reason the market <laughs> continues to go up is there's just more people and the economy gets bigger what i it's thought was cool about it was thing about the stock market what, what right? i thought was cool is what i heard is that this is something that politicians have done over the years to make a quick oh, buck so, so just fun. the fact that like a regular dude was able to do this to make a quick buck i found that cool like fuck yeah. them i'm gonna oh, no, do no. this 
I'm with it. The thing I'm not with is the people who bought the bullshit and they hold, they held. They're going to lose everything. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, okay, that so sucks. yeah, that does suck. That's the only thing I don't like about it. Oh no, the fact that these uh, these hedge bros got burned for a billion and yeah, and, I mean, come on. There was a guy that had to resign his con- his congressional seat because he he um, he traded on the fact that what he knew about coronavirus before anybody else knew it. Yes, exactly. I mean, exactly. That kind of shit goes on all the time. I mean, because come on, look. I'm not I'm not going to judge, okay? If I was in a position where every day I came across information that nobody else knew about, it would take somebody with really, really strong character to not at least dabble every once in a while on that, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Because the odds are, what are the, the odds, what are the odds of you getting caught? They're almost nothing. So that's why that old ethics, I've heard of it. It'd be nice if people had it. But they fucking don't, and Nobody especially these politicians. They don't have any ethics, so <laughs> I'm not surprised. No. Uh, so now, what did it do to GameStop? Like, are they out, are they done? Or are they they're out still of done? They're still the yeah. same failure. No, GameStop. See, here's the other thing. The only time that a company benefits from their stock price is when they first do the first offer, offering and they go out and they sell. And then the second time is if they want to raise more money, they sell stock out of their treasury, out of the, st- the shares they have. Those are the only two times that a company – because I struggled that – when I was learning about the stock market, I go, how does this fucking work and why would anybody be in it? How does it – because the whole goal is you sell stock, your company grows, you make enough money to buy your stock back, and then later on – if you need more money, you go back out and you issue stock and you get money in that way. So GameStop, GameStop, GameShop, stop. They're 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 still screwed. Okay, now yes. there is one thing. There's a a guy who does uh, film theory. He does it's on on um, on YouTube, mm-hmm. and he does another show called Game Theory. And okay. he did a video about no. GameStop where he kind of changed my mind about GameStop a little bit because he said what the hedge fund shorted GameStop for was stuff they were already doing, moving from being a brick and mortar to being an online business and to being a streaming platform for games. They're already doing that. And the profits they've made are 250 times more than what they were doing in their stores. And they're closing the stores down strategically. They're not closing the stores down because they're folding. They're saying we need the money to be an online platform, which is exactly what the hedge funds were shorting them for. So now I'm going, well, wait a minute, maybe GameStop in terms of a long-term play, if they survive, isn't a bad play if you got in cheap. Yeah. But if you got in at 300 bucks, you're screwed. Yes. The odds of it going back to 300 bucks are pretty much zero. Yeah. So, so to, to sum it up for somebody dumb like me, uh, game, game, or, me. Game, or, or Rob, uh, GameStop isn't go- knows that they're not going to survive as a brick and mortar, so they're yeah. switching to online platform, and they might have gotten kind of shorted right. from doing this, but that's that in the long run will benefit them. If they survive, they've got to survive that transition, and it's anybody's call if they're going to do it. But uh, you know who did benefit from it was AMC movie theaters. When they got the, um, the the tax break, they bought a whole bunch of their shares back. And so mm-hmm. when when the Redditors bid up AMC, the theater chain, they sold $300 million of their stock. They wow. raised $300 million, which in the, the their burn rate, I think they can last maybe about four hours on that, but they – they got some money. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm curious. You bring up like AMC theaters. So I'm curious to the, the business aspects of what's going on right now where um, HBO 
Max is releasing all oh, these God. movies, right? So you know what I'm talking about here. That they're just going to yeah. release them instead of going to theaters. What? How is this going to affect the Academy? What? Uh, the Academy, the economy, the Academy, the Academy, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the Academy, the Academy, and like just theaters in general. What's your opinion on all this? Well, I've got a theory. And it's just as good. You didn't pay for it, so it's worth everything you paid for it. Yeah. Um, my theory is that, see, the way the theaters made mo money was the time between when it got released in the theater and the time that became a video or it became on a streaming platform was like six months. So they had mm -hmm. six months to run that. And by the way, the theaters don't get the first week's box office. They get a deep kickback to the movie theaters to the movie company so a distributor will put a movie in the first week the theater gets 20 percent the distributor gets 80 percent and then it declines and then the theater gets more money right the longer it runs so if they got a big hit like um star wars or avengers endgame or something like that where it stays in the movie the theater for a year they make a ton of money right that's why everybody loves a blockbuster instead of like a real film right yeah. so what's gonna what, now what's happened is they, they cut it down to the average time between release and streaming was three months. They cut it down towards two months. Now, HBO Max, Netflix, the first people to do it was Netflix with El Camino. You could go see it in the theater, or you can stream it the same day. Now, everybody's doing it, so there is no window, because here's the play. These streaming services, they're going to screw all of these theater chains out of their assets, and the only people who own theaters will be the streaming service. And then wow. it'll be your choice to see them because they don't care about making money on the film because they're making money on the film on the stream. They're going to oh. sell you popcorn. They're going to sell you merch. They're going to sell you all the shit in the theater that used to belong to AMC, which is now the Netflix Hulu Cineplex. Netflix That's where theater. <laughs> wow. Gotcha. Cool. And I'm telling you, there's no way that these theater chains can stop them. It's gravity. They can't stop them. So yeah. they're just taking. So these streaming services are taking advantage of the situation right now, and they're like, "No, you're like, you're all out." Netflix theater is coming to a place near you. <laughs> we got Cobra Kai. Right. Cobra Kai. Right. We got right. Cobra and Kai. And they'll revive the theater because you know what will happen is everything that you can watch on Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max, you'll be able to see in those theaters. And if they're smart, and they are getting smart, they'll collaborate rather than fighting. So mm. it will be, I don't know if you ever saw that show, BoJack Horseman, where they have yes, like, this I one love BoJack. It was every, every, yeah. every freaking name in the book. It's going to be, it's, we're going to go to Hulu, Netflix, um, HBO Max, uh, all, all the, that, that's going to be the theater chain now. And all the things you can see on those streaming services, services, you can see because they'll retrofit all these theaters so they're direct wired, hardwired with enough, with enough bandwidth that they can just project them on the screens. And so what's the revenue stream? Why would they do that? First of all, they have the asset of the actual lease or the land of the theater. And then they can sell you all the junk that the – because yeah. AMC doesn't make any money on the movie either. It's all it's $8 popcorn. Yes. So, yes. So, so you can watch Netflix at home or pay to go get the theater experience and watch whatever you right. want. Feedflex. Right. That's wow. Exactly what they're going to do. That's amazing. If they do that, we'll be calling yeah. you back, Peter, because yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. But all right, we're, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up, dude. It's we got to wrap good. it up. So oh, uh, it's always so fun. It's always such a letdown when I have to go. I, it goes so quick, doesn't it? Sorry. Yeah, but that's okay. I love you guys. I'm really proud of you. Not that I'm in a position or should that you should care whether I'm proud of you, but you I should, am proud of you. I, I talk care. about you guys. We do. I should be a better fan, but I'll try harder. 
but you guys are I, I have absolute faith in you regardless of anything that happens you guys are the real deal well thanks for sticking with us since yeah. year one there's not many of you there's a few and yeah, you're one of them there's so. you and lucas That's, lucas pretty much uh, two. i'm not going anywhere and i had a heart attack and i survived that heart attack just so i could come back fuck yeah nice i haven't had that yet but i'm probably gonna I don't. Well, it's, see, it's it, it, well, out. you know, keep working at it. You know, dreams are small. <laughs> a little bit every day. Make progress. You'll get there. <laughs> Peter, right. where can everybody find you? Who, what, who, what, what? Where who, are you out there? Can well, where can find everyone you? find you? Plugs, plugs, Peter, hey, plugs. Come on, your business, man. Okay, so if you're looking for business plan, business help, business consulting, business anything, you go to www.custombps.com. So it's the word custom, C-U-S-T-O-M, B-P-S.com, or call 800-741-8444. And uh, I pick up the phone 24 hours a day. I may not be coherent, but I'll talk to you. Oh, oh. I'm, Peter, I'm curious. I just recently moved up. I am uh, management in retail now. Ooh. Can I hit you up for advice? Nice. Like, can you can you train managers? Like, <laughs> Manage Dude, let, let me tell you something. You two guys can call me anytime for awesome. anything. Cool. Thank you. And Peter. if I can help you, I will. So awesome. you guys, you two, you have a you have a pass. You're good. <laughs> good stuff. All right. I would have a... love to talk to you about anything. So just call. Good stuff. Have a good night, Peter. Love you, Peter. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. See you later. See later. Ya. Cool. We'll be back next week. Next week, yes. And then all for two weeks, and then back again. Every yeah. week, forever. Forever. Bye. <laughs> later. What do you think so far is this two the two week break? I, I like it. it. I like I was it too. That earlier today. It, like I fucking love the two week break. Oh my god! I, I wish we could suck on each other. I want to suck on you too. I'm gonna suck you so hard. Suck me. C can we do this? Are, are we allowed to do this? I don't care. I just want you. Fuck all of this. Let's just get the hell out of here and be whatever the fuck we want. That's evolution. That's progress. I want a family. Can we have a family? Yeah. I'm more alive than I've ever been. <laughs> this has been a Fat Moles Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. Your face is coming straight to your ears A podcast network that's changing gears Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat A family of pods that are bringing the heat There ain't no stopping us Keep coming back to us Sick ass pods that'll make you hush www.hushyourface www.hushyourface www.hushyourface.com www